0: This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats.
1: Hi, I'm Brandon Goebel with Look West. This episode deals with gun violence and mass shootings and the efforts to stop it. This issue hit very close to us recently. Our co worker and one of the Look West podcast producers, Henry Lowe, is from Monterey Park, the community where a gunman killed 11 people back in January. We worked together to produce this episode. Henry went with me to the place where the shooting happened to talk a bit about what that was like and how the community is coping. I'm here with Henry Lowe, former mayor of Monterey Park, and we're currently located just outside of the ballroom dance studio where a gunman opened fire, killing 11 people and injuring nine others that were celebrating Lunar New Year in January of this year. Uh, Henry, if you don't mind um, telling us, what were your first reactions when you heard the news?
2: Yes, thank you, Brandon. You know, my first reactions when hearing the news was, I think, initially uh, shock and disbelief uh, that this incident had occurred. Um, early in the day, uh, the City of Monterey Park um, had celebrated uh, the opening ceremony of our Lunar New Year festival, which took place maybe 50 feet away from the uh, star, star ballroom. Uh, for three years the city was unable to hold its Lunar New Year Festival because of the pandemic and so when we were able to finally gather um, in celebration it felt like we had turned a corner and it was a joyous time for the community um, which was then uh, uh, punctuated a few hours later by the news of the shooting and I think uh, I was just stunned and after that initial shock and, and being stunned, it it, it my my uh, feelings my reactions changed to concern. Um, you know what 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 about the people in the ballroom? Um, uh, were injured? Were there any casualties? Um, and then also was well, this gunmen minister at large? And also uh, for our own first responders, our uh, police and fire paramedics, uh, you know what, what were they? Uh, Seeing on the scene. How are they doing? How are they uh, coping? Um, uh, Because I think once my understanding that once the um, 911 calls were made um, our first responders uh, uh, Showed up within three minutes uh, to the star ballroom and I was in my head just trying to figure out what was going on
1: We don't often talk about what a community fully goes through and what the mindset is like months after a tragedy Can you explain what the overall kind of mindset and demeanor is for the residents of Monterey Park uh, since that tragic event?
2: Sure, thank you. I think right now the overall mindset and demeanor for our residents here are uh, just trying to make sense of what transpired uh, here at the store uh, ballroom. Um, I mean, when I think about uh, January 21st, it was uh, a time of Excitement and celebration because it was the beginning of the Lunar New Year season then followed by collective shock grief and sadness um, For the shooting here at the ballroom um, and I think people are trying to also uh, move on um, and to uh, be able to continue on with their daily lives
1: Is there anything else you'd like to say?
2: Uh, sure, thank you so much. I mean, you know, what I, um, while the last few weeks have been a challenging time for us, uh, but this community is not unfamiliar with adversity. Um, like all communities across California, we weathered the COVID-19 uh, pandemic um, and continue to thrive with the community. And I am confident that uh, Monitor Park will Uh, overcome this recent tragedy, because we are a resilient community. We are a community that for its its entire history has been one in which families have wanted to move here to raise a family. We have um, great local family-owned businesses. Um, uh, We have um, diversity of great restaurants. And um, I am confident that we will emerge from this tragedy um, stronger than ever.
1: Henry joins me here in the studio. Thanks for uh, sharing with us, Henry.
2: Thank you, Brandon, for having me on on the show today. And I'm very uh, pleased that we were able to work on this project together. Uh, You know, I think what uh, the incident in Monterey Park has demonstrated, and it's been eight weeks now since we had our shooting tragedy, uh, that no community is safe or immune from gun violence. And probably all the more reason why this is a uh, state and national conversation we need
1: to have. Absolutely. Um, Henry, one of the reasons why this uh, tragedy wasn't even worse is because of a man named Brandon Say. Uh, You spoke with him recently. Why don't you talk a little about him?
2: This tragedy on January 21st uh, probably could have been much more worse because the gunman, after he finished um, shooting and committing uh, his murders at the Star Ballroom in Monterey Park, then proceeded to another ballroom uh, called the Lili dance uh, uh, ballroom in Alhambra, and if it were not for uh, Brandon Say, who was there because it's his family that operates that ballroom, and disarming the shooter, then it could have been much more worse tragedy. And so uh, he's a hero, and we're very, uh, uh, very pleased um, that Brandon was able to join us uh, for an interview and for him to share um, what has been a harrowing experience for him and how he's been coping with it.
3: Yeah, so it's been more than a month since the incident, yeah. and um, while things have improved, there are still many challenges. And um, I've been working hard with my um, therapist to work through uh, and heal. But uh, I've noticed some progress. Most of my emotions aren't that unstable anymore, mm-hmm. and I haven't had as many, you know, flashbacks to the oh. incident. Um, however, there's still some triggers that catch me off guard, and you know, leave me feeling some paranoia or, you know, a- anxiety. And, um, I noticed that, you know, I have more, um, paranoid thoughts than I ever would have before. Um, some days it feels like, you know, I'm taking two steps back. And despite this, I'm determined to try to move forward and continue to seek out help. While it hasn't been easy, I know that, you know, healing takes time. And with the support of, co- with the support of the community, I'm committed to taking this one day at a time.
2: Good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I I think that as much as, um, you know, um, we celebrate and honor your bravery and your heroism, but as you brought up, it is important um, that we take care of ourselves. Self-care is very important. And so um, it sounds like um, you're doing that and that you also have the support of your family and those uh, in the community who want to make sure that you're doing okay. I think that for a lot of uh, of us and who live in the community, you know, there's still uh, questions about safety, about public spaces. And uh, I'm sure, you, you know, you've been asked given your experience as well. And so, you know, should people be concerned about uh, going again to public spaces like ballrooms or other places to gather?
3: Well, in light of the Half Moon Bay and Monterey Park shootings, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's natural for community to have concerns about safety in similar public spaces. You know, I think it's important to recognize that this was a, a regular incident, and a vast majority of public gatherings, such as, you know, dancing and celebrations, they mostly occur without incidents. And, you know, that being said, it's still important to, you know, appropriate precautions and measures to ensure, you know, that public spaces are safe. You know, this can include, you know, being aware of your surroundings, reporting suspiciousness, and, you know, just um, having more local law enforcement increasing patrols to ensure the safety of the community. You know, while the the shootings have been, you know, a tragic reminder of potential risks uh, in public areas, it is important to remember that, you know, with the appropriate precautions against gun violence, we can help ensure a safe and enjoyable experience for all.
2: That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I think that um awareness is very important. Um and as you also brought up um advocacy as well. Um uh, let me ask you, you know, you mentioned uh Half Moon Bay as well as the experience that you and I um had to go through Monterey Park in Alhambra. Um, and we also know that since uh, the incident in Manor Park. There have been more mass shooting incidents. In fact, I think there have now been over 100 in the United States. Uh, what do you think needs to happen, in your opinion, to you know limit and stop these gun violence
3: incidents from occurring? Well, um, gun violence is a very complex issue with you know many different contributing factors. There's no like one size fits all magic solution. However, you know there's several steps you can take. To reduce the occurrence of gun violence, you know, an important step is to strengthen uh, our gun laws and regulations. This can this can include, you know, more intrusive background checks. You know, closing our loopholes and implementing, you know, measures to keep guns out of the hands of those who are, you know, high risk of violence or domestic abuse. All right, right. Um, and I know you paid a visit
2: to Sacramento, so our state capital, um, and certainly, you know, California has been at the forefront uh, and a leader in trying to uh, address gun violence issues with some most stringent legislation. Um, but I mean, just based on everything you've experienced, you've seen, you know, what are, uh, lessons do you think that uh, you've learned um, as a community member here in California?
3: Um, I think that, you know, what I learned from the community is that it is important to invest in mental health resources and services Many incidents of gun violence are carried out by individuals with, you know, untreated mental illness or who are very, you know, emotional. And, you know, increasing access to these health services and promoting support can help address this issue. Additionally, you know, addressing the root cause of violence itself is important, you know, poverty, inequality, and racism. This can also help reduce the occurrence of gun violence in communities. Investing in education and training programs and improving access to affordable housing and health care can improve our efforts to reduce, you know, gun violence, you know, reduce assault weapons that are involved with the public. You know, we need to have efforts to reduce the use of assault weapons. And, you know, I think public awareness campaigns and, Educational programs to promote safety and responsible gun ownership can highlight, you know, the dangers that we are currently facing.
2: A, a, a very true and very uh, wise words and observations, um, Brandon. Um, you know, um, moving forward, um, uh, what are your plans
3: for your own, uh, for yourself, um, moving forward? Yeah, at first, I feel validated and appreciated. However, at, at times. It, I feel the pressure of living up to people's expectation and maintaining this status. There has been a loss of privacy for me and scrutiny from the public eye. And I have to deal with trolls and critics who, you know, want to tear me down. And um, I'm constantly, you know, being worn down by constant attention. So right now, what I most want to do is um, try to process, you know, where I am in life and w- what my goals are. Uh, you know, We thank you
2: for, for um, your candor um, about um, how you've been processing the last uh, few weeks. And I think that as much as, uh, you know, we've praised you, and certainly uh, the community is very grateful for all that you've done. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you have your own uh, personal wellness needs, and I think we need to respect that and make sure that, uh, you know, we support you as well. And so, uh, Brandon say thank you so much for joining us today on Look West.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me here on the talk show. Brandon Say truly is a hero, and it was so nice for him to be a part of this episode. Another person impacted by the shooting in Monterey Park is Assemblymember Mike Fong. Uh, Henry, you sat down with him as well.
2: Yes, Brandon. I did sit down. Um, with Assemblymember Fong in our studios to ask him how he's been impacted um, because he, he, as the Assemblymember of the 49th District, represents Monterey Park and Alhambra. And uh, he also um, shared with us uh, responsibility of making sure that his constituents, his community was uh, doing all right, uh, had the resources it needed in um processing this tragedy, and also the legislation uh, that he has put forward as a result of the uh, tragedy on January 21st. Welcome, Assemblymember Fong. Thank you so
0: much, Henry and DCO, for having me here today.
2: Uh, Today, um, we are recording an episode about gun violence, and unfortunately, uh, this is an issue which uh, became very close to our home uh, with the uh, shooting incident in Monarch Park on January 21st. And, uh, you know, we just want to ask you... To begin, you know, how have it been for you, um, not just as a the representative, but also as a resident, um, for you, your community, your family? How have it been these past few weeks?
0: When I received the news that Saturday evening of the tragic mass shooting that took the lives of 11 individuals and injuring nine in Monterey Park and our district in Singapore Valley, that news was devastating. Uh, but it was even more devastating and tragic that this took place during a time when the community was gathering with family and friends to celebrate the Lunar New Year, uh, to celebrate the Lunar New Year of the rabbit, a symbol of hope and peace. And when that hope and peace was shattered in a matter of moments, it personalized everything. Uh, We know that our community lost moms, dads, uncles, aunts, grandmas, grandpas, cousins, and friends. And I had a friend who lost her aunt. And these are neighbors, community members, family members that loved ones will not have the opportunity to see again, and it was just so tragic. Uh, In terms of how the community is feeling, it's been a challenging time in the community. As we've seen, it's uh, a lot of trauma, and everyone's grieving, and we're really making sure we're trying to get resources on the ground. And with the bright light of Brandon Tsai and the resources getting out to the community, I'm very grateful to all the community members for uplifting the families and victims in Monterey Park
2: um, it has been a very challenging time for uh, the community. Uh, you know, California has been leading the way when it comes to preventing gun violence, um, but we know that there's still a lot of work to do. And so uh, tell me more. Um, what have you been doing, uh, again, in the wake of this recent uh, gun violence incident in, in our community?
0: In terms of legislation that we've introduced, uh, we have introduced Assembly Bill 732, which will strengthen the process for removing firearms from people who are not allowed to own them. We know that under current law, people who are convicted of a felony must turn in any firearm in their possession. This bill, Assembly Bill 732, would increase the court and prosecuting roles, attorney's roles, in ensuring that guns are confiscated at the time of conviction. It also requires increased coordination between the Department of Justice and local law enforcement agencies in confiscating guns after conviction. I'm also grateful to you and the city of Monterey Park for your support of Assembly Bill 732, and we're going to continue. To, and we know that there's a lot more work uh, to be done around legislative issues. In addition, I've also introduced Assembly Bill 733, which would prohibit state and local agencies from selling firearms, firearm parts, ammunition, and body armor. This will ensure that they're not playing a role in putting more deadly weapons on the streets in our communities. And so those are two bills that have introduced this legislative cycle. And I'm also proud to work with my colleagues from the Gun Violence Prevention Working Group, as well as we look at legislation to address this crisis in our state.
2: You've mentioned, you've shared with us that you're working with a gun violence prevention working group. Um, If you uh, can, elaborate a little more about this working group.
0: Uh, In terms of the work with the Gun Violence Prevention Working Group, it's a working group within the California uh, State Assembly, uh, led by Assemblymember Jesse Gabriel, some member Rebecca Bauer cahan and similar Mike Gibson. Uh, a number of members are part of this gun violence prevention working group and we had a me- meeting recently to discuss some of the legislation uh, that has proposed this legislative cycle and how we can continue to look at groundbreaking package of gun safety bills that will c- continue to strengthen prohibitions against ghost guns, restricting the marketing of firearms to minors, to look at additional bills that will continue to serve as a national model for sensible gun safety reforms here in California and uh, across uh, our great state.
2: There are, some, there are some who would say that, um, again, you know, California has been a leader in this issue um, and that we already have a lot of uh, gun violence-related legislation on the books um, in terms of prevention. Um, has it been enough
0: Great question. Um, you know, California leads the way on, on gun safety bills, but we know there's still more work to be done. We, as you stated, have experienced mass shootings multiple weeks apart, multiple days apart in various communities across our state and Monterey Park and Moon Bay and many communities throughout the state. And we still know that we also need to continue to track federal law, which continues to evolve as the laws of other states as well evolves as well. And we need to continue to look at how we can prevent loopholes in current law that bad actors are looking to exploit. And we need to continue to be vigilant and update state law to keep our communities safe. And we know that we also must continue to do more to enforce the laws that we have passed. And we also must look at how we can increase funding to educate Californians about the life-saving tools that we already have, like gun violence, restraining orders, also known as the Red Flag Law. Under the Red Flag Law, Individuals who are concerned that their family member, roommate, co-worker, or friend may harm themselves or somebody else may contact law enforcement who can and will may seek a restraining order prohibiting those individuals from owning firearms. But we also know that these tools only work when people know how to use them. So education must be done in multiple languages, really make sure we get this language, information out of multiple languages and, and in language and working with our ethnic media to really make sure that this information is presented out in all communities. And that is why I have also submitted a budget request for $5 million to expand our current education efforts around the red flag law here in California.
2: Um, Although California uh, has uh, been really pushing aggressively uh, to do its part to uh, minimize gun violence. But uh, you know we are part of a federal system and so um you know what is that um at the federal level you think that needs to be done
0: thank you so much uh, henry for that great question we need to continue to track the legislation at the federal level to make sure that our state laws respond to the federal court rulings we need to continue to advocate and advocate our issues with our federal partners whether it's the president whether it's congress the senate and to really make sure that we're continuing to amplify the importance of gun safety laws to prevent gun violence um, that is impacting our state, impacting our country. And so we know that California still leads the way in preventing gun violence. As pr- California is proud to be on the front lines of the fight against gun violence with some of the guns, strongest gun safety laws in the nation. We all, but we also know that we need to do more. Uh, California ranked 44th in terms of its gun death rate, with a rate 37% lower than the national average. So the results of our policy decisions are clear. We know that strong gun laws work to decrease gun violence, but there's a lot more work uh, to be done.
2: So there's a lot then that um, the rest of the nation can learn from California's example, isn't that right?
0: Absolutely, California's a leader when it comes to preventing gun violence. We know that last year, the Giffords Law Center ranked California number one in the nation for gun safety. And although California has the number one ranking for gun safety, with the recent shootings at Monterey Park, Half Moon Bay, and gun violence um, affecting many of our communities throughout the state, we know that there's a lot more work to be done. And we know with a strong package of gun violence prevention bills introduced this legislative session, California will continue to serve as a national model for sensible gun safety reforms.
4: Thank you so much. Assemblymember Mike
2: Fong with the 49th District.
0: Thank you so much, Henry and DCO. Keep up the great work.
1: Our thanks to Assemblymember Fong for talking with us. Assembly Member Fong mentioned the Gun Violence Prevention working group made up of several Assembly Democrats. One of the most outspoken members is Assembly Member Mike Gibson. Henry, you also spoke with Assembly Member Gibson in our studios.
2: Yes, that's right. We also uh, spoke with Assembly Member Gibson, and, uh, he shared why this is such a personal issue for him, and also why that he has been steadfast in addressing gun violence through numerous legislation during his time in the um, assembly.
4: Assembly member, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, and thanks so much for joining us today for today's uh, podcast episode about gun violence legislation. Um, you know, tell us, um, you know, why is the issue so important to you uh, personally?
4: it's very personal to me. I mean one who uh son was uh and, and his fiance was both um in a drive by shooting. Um you know, I want to pause for a moment. And someone would say the assembly member's son and the son's fiance involved in a drive by shooting, did they live? Yes, both of them live. My son was shot twice in the back. Um and his fiance was shot in the leg. Gary who's 52 years old at the time was killed in his car. Um, and a gentleman who was working on his car was shot in the hand. So three people survived and there was one person, a father of three who lost uh, his life um, in that drive by shooting. And I say that because no one is immune, even a member of the California legislature, uh, someone who was a former police officer, no one is immune from gun violence. And so I take this very personal. Uh, I've been involved in sensible gun legislation since I've been elected uh, to the legislature in 2014. We have a proliferation of guns on our streets. We have mass um, murders, shootings taking place um, literally almost daily somewhere um, around the country. And we have to do everything that we can in this space um, to reduce the amount of people who have access. It has nothing to do with the Second Amendment, but we have to do everything we can in a very thoughtful and balanced way that's the reason why um, Assembly Bill 1089 is so important to me. When I authored ghost legislation last year and the governor signed that those bills into laws, so, um, there's a loophole, and I want to close a loophole, and Assembly Bill uh, 1089 closed that loophole.
2: And uh, tell us more why this legislation is also so important and needed right now in California.
4: Well, it, it's needed if you look at what just happened in Monterey Park. I don't need to go. You know, I can go from Monterey Park to Half Moon Bay um, to Oakland, to um, um, Colorado Springs at the nightclub that I visited personally, um, where a gunman um, took uh, individuals' lives uh, by walking into uh, a gay bar and commenced shooting. Uh, We want to prevent those kinds of things from happening. Our churches, our synagogues, our places of worship, our nightclubs, our recreational dance halls, our schools. We have people who are targeting the people who will go to those places um, and use weapons of mass destruction to take um, their lives away. And so we have to do everything that we can in a very thoughtful way and aggressive way to restrict these kinds of situations from taking place, um, not only in the state of California, but also in this country.
2: Um, Let me ask you, um, what else do you think needs to be done. I mean, there are those who will say that California already has a lot of gun-related legislation had over the years. Is it enough?
4: Is it enough? Is it enough? It is not enough. We have not reached um, the uh, point in our legislative uh, uh, history um, where gun violence uh, doesn't exist. And I believe once we reach the mountaintop, when we reach the point where uh, we don't have to listen to the news or read it in the newspaper or breaking news uh, where someone has lost their lives due to gun violence when we are when we've reached that point um then i would say enough is, is enough legislation but we have not reached that point we still need to go further
2: and so really what you're saying is that um what california has done uh, in its leadership uh, on addressing gun violence um is a model that other states, and even the federal government should be looking at, right?
4: Absolutely. Again, California leads the way um, from all other states in the union. And that's sad, but it's also gratifying for me that we lead the way. But if Arizona is not part of leading the way, if Nevada is not part of leading the way, and other states like Florida is not or Texas is not leading the way, then we still have work to do. But we know that we can't, as states, do it alone. We need our federal government and federal intervention. That's why I'm glad that the the president of the United States is taking a very bold action by using his executive authority um, to uh, creating these kinds of bans and putting them in place. But they're only good as long as he is in office. Um, And we need something more... um, more sustainable. We need legislation that can go through both houses and get on a president's desk and have that president affix uh, his signature or her signature on that piece of legislation. Until we reach that point, we're not at the mountaintop. Uh, you know,
2: a very sobering um, statistic I tell people is that when city of Monterey Park had its uh, shooting incident on January 21st, uh, we were considered nationally, the 36th um, mass uh, gun violence incident. Um, When the president of the United States came to visit Monterey Park on March 14th, that number had gone up to over 100. So we have now had over 100 mass shooting incidents in in this country since the year started.
4: And enough is enough. We don't need 101. We need everyone. We need everyone in the village to say, you know what? I'm not going to wait till this happens to someone that I know. My mother, my father, my sister, brother, niece or nephew, cousins, um, boyfriend, girlfriend. We should not have to wait. This is a health epidemic, a health crisis in America. Gun violence in America is uh, at the level where this is a health issue. And we need everyone in the village to uh, elevate their voices in this space. And I'm calling on everyone who hears this podcast to say, we need your intervention. We need your uh, energy to be part of this. Don't wait for you to get a knock at the door. Don't wait for you passing by someone's casket that you know who just lost their lives as a gun violence. It makes no difference whether or not your DNA matches theirs. It makes no difference whether or not you even know that person's name. Um, get involved now. The clarion call has been um, um, sounded. Everyone needs to be involved in this fight.
1: Our thanks to Assemblymember Gibson for talking with us, and thank you, Henry, for not only leading your community through a, a tragedy, but, but helping us put this episode together.
2: Thank you, Brandon. And I also want to express um, our gratitude for Assemblymember Fong and Assemblymember Gibson for coming to um, interview and record this podcast, and also to thank
1: Brandon Se. Well, that's Henry Lowe, and I'm Brandon Goebel. This is Look West. Thanks to all of you for listening.
0: The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian
4: politics, remember to look west.